0: Uh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus But Jesus, he wants you to receive it tonight And if you start in and beginning to say Jesus loves me yes. You begin to be convinced of what God wants to do it for you Well, uh, Cindy asked me to say some things And to welcome all of you Some of you are from here And some of you are from other churches And tonight's going to be your night That God's going to touch you it's not going to be me. It's not going to be Cindy. It's not going to be the other pastor. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that's going to touch you tonight. Yes. Tonight, Jesus wants to touch you. We're just tools. You know, take a screwdriver and uh, put something on it. Who take the credit? Not the screwdriver, the person that does it. Huh? And tonight, we're just screwdrivers. <laughs> And God is the big deal. Jesus is the big deal. Say Jesus Jesus He's the big deal, he's the big deal. <laughs> and he loves me He loves me. All right, welcome to our church and welcome to here Cindy tonight but uh, she gave me five to ten minutes to say some things. So uh, you can be seated and uh, we're gonna get right to it. You know, Jesus wants to heal all the time. All the time he's ready to heal. But it's up to us to believe it, that he wants to heal us and receive it. So I put some things over here. Luke 5, the people, um, they had a a guy that was sick. And so some friends got together and they wanted to bring to Jesus to heal him. Well, the crowd was so big that they could not get to Jesus. So what they did, these guys, they broke the roof and they lay him. They, lay, uh, they must have put a rope or something, rope or something. And so they threw him to the roof and this way Jesus could touch him. But Jesus did not heal him right away. When he saw him, he said, your sins are forgiven. What do you think why, why do you think that Jesus didn't heal him, that he said, your sins are forgiven? Nobody's going to answer me? How about the, uh, the people that have been coming here? You know the answer. Nobody's going to answer me. You see, that's the, that's the greatest need that man has. If man understands that he's already forgiven then he's going to be more ready to receive that healing. We see that Jesus first told him, he says, your sins are forgiven after he healed them. Why? Because if you feel condemned, if you feel guilty, if you feel not worthy to receive that healing, it's going to be hard for you to receive it. You're going to go to the line when we're going to pray on you, and you're going to say, I hope it will be my night tonight. If you hope it's not going to happen. You're going to come here, at the line, just fully persuaded that Jesus took those stripes on his back and he took it for you, he took it for you, and he took it for you. The the deal is already done. It's closed. You just have to cash it in. Yeah. Tonight is the night to cash in the, the deal. It's like putting money in the bank. And when you need that, 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 that check, you go write it. Jesus already put the money in the bank. It's up to you not to believe and receive it. Say, I believe it. I receive it. See, a lot of you never heard this before. But in the Old Testament, it was prophesied. And it says, blessed is the man whose sins are covered In the Old Testament, the sins could only be covered for one year at a time. Just one year at a time, they would do a sacrifice, and the people would be covered their sins for one year. But Jesus said, I'm going to go, and I'm going to offer my body. I'm going to finish the whole thing, and it's going to be covered for 2,000 years. It's been 2,000 years now that Jesus came, and if he's... If he tarries another thousand years, it's going to be covered. What he did once, it's already done. It's up to us to believe. It, it was prophesied, and it happened when Jesus came. said, Jesus took the stripes just for me. See, you got to believe that Jesus loves you. I am so fully persuaded that God loves me, that it was just for me. If there was nobody else in the world just for me, he would send his son to heal me, to save me. You have to be that kind of, that fully persuaded on the finished work that Jesus did at the cross. So now I'm going to give you one more scripture and then I'm going to uh, give it to Cindy. <laughs> okay, one more scripture. You may say, well, the Old Testament was prophesied. Then Jesus did what he did. But Do you want one more? Do you want one more? Okay, I'm not fully persuaded on this side. I'm fully persuaded there. Okay. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption redemption through his blood. Now look, here's where I want to take you. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his blood grace you had nothing to do with it he just loved you and God loved humanity so much he said I'm going to send my son to redeem humanity because humanity was lost and so God said I love humanity so much I'm going to sacrifice one to gain many you are including that many say I am included in that many I'm one of them Oh glory to God! Will you receive it tonight? Welcome Cindy Cox here to give you more. You see, I was obedient. <laughs> <laughs> <One of>
1: you. <laughs> oh, God is good. God is good all the time. We're going to be ex- we're going to be going on with our worship. We had the opportunity to praise God and to usher in his presence and to to just experience the precious touch of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to continue as we share testimonies now. Because as we share testimonies, that's what we're doing. We're glorifying God. We're telling people, look at what God did for me. And when we do that, we're revealing God to each other. I want to tell you just a little bit about testimonies before we share This is a scripture in Revelations, chapter 19, verse 10. This is when John was was having this wonderful revelation of all sorts of wonderful things. And there was an angel that appeared before him, and he prostrated himself before that angel. And the angel said, no, 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 no. Get up. Don't worship me. Worship God. And then the angel went on to say, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy when we share testimonies which is what we're going to do right now we are testifying what jesus has done in us we're testifying to jesus not anything to do with ourselves it's everything to do with jesus and as we share that testimony we are prophetically encouraging others to receive the same healing yes praise god When we testify, we are giving a revelation. It's like shining a light on God. It's providing revelation of who God is, of how good he is. It's that revelation of God. And what happens to our faith when we hear testimonies? Oh, it soars. It's ignited. So that's what we're going to do now. Penny, would you come up, please? I have been so blessed to be a witness to healing after healing after healing. And I have several people today that are going to testify right away because what we're doing is we are encouraging the rest of you to come ready, come expecting to receive. Jesus is not a respecter of people, and he is here so that all of us can receive the precious gift that Jesus already paid the price for. And this is my friend Penny. Penny, I'm just going to kind of talk with you. This is going to be like an Oprah show for a minute here. Penny, when were you diagnosed, and what was it that you were diagnosed of? I was diagnosed
2: in two thousand and seven with breast cancer.
1: Okay, and Initially. it was okay. That was the initial diagnosis, right. and then you started to receive treatment. Mm-hmm. I
2: had four courses of chemo. I had a terrible allergic reaction, so okay, I the chemo itself almost killed me. And
1: so she wasn't able to finish the chemo. No, no. and then after you had had. After you had to stop taking chemo, yes. then how did the diagnosis change? Um, after chemo, another
2: lump appeared and a spot on my liver. Okay, and what was the diagnosis yeah. at that point? Um, I was told by um, U of M and Carmanos uh-huh. that I had stage 4 metastatic cancer, that it was spreading through my body, and then I had three years to live. Okay, and what does the medical community say when you get that diagnosis? That there's no hope. They told me that they had some treatments that they were considering, and they told me there, there's no point to it because okay. there's nothing we can do for
1: you. Okay. And then things changed. <laughs> what changed? Well,
2: what changed was my friend Carol, actually, who's sitting right here. Raise
1: your hand, Carol. <laughs> Thank God for messengers. Thank God for messengers. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me your book and I,
2: I read your book like in a sitting <laughs> mm-hmm. and I I'd never heard any of that I really didn't know I did not know any of yes. that but because I was in a place of just sheer desperation I was open to it okay. and I looked up your name in the book and said mm-hmm. I'm gonna contact this woman I want what she has Amen. and lo and behold you were in Troy Amen. and I mean you could have been in anywhere in the united states so then i called you i started attending this church which is about an hour away from where i live Mm -hmm. and attending the wednesday night classes Um, Mm -hmm. and as i as i encompassed it or incorporated it into my spirit which wasn't it was a battle i don't want you to think that it came easy i didn't I come from a medical background my my work is in a medical setting and this was really something I needed to fight for Mm -hmm. and you needed to pursue it yeah you needed to take hold of it exactly and I I never understood how or it that it was even possible Mm -hmm. so as I began attending here and and following the principles that you were showing It, my faith just, like, kept growing and growing and growing and growing and Amen. Growing and growing Amen. Until, Amen. <laughs> Amen. I mean, and you can't even ask my husband. Like, I would just be standing in the kitchen screaming at cancer in Jesus' name Amen. to go. You know, like... Amen.
1: Uh, he it, tells us to say to that mountain, <laughs> be gone. He tells us that. So, um... I just want to interrupt for just a second, and then I'll let you continue. As, As Penny's talking a little bit about my book and the principles, it is totally God's word and God's principles. She was taking hold of that word, and it was feeding her faith and growing her faith. That's what I'm going to be teaching on in just a minute. So that's just a little tidbit. So you started developing this faith. You started getting stronger and stronger and stronger in your faith. And we're going to kind of cut to the chase. Tell us, well, you're standing here, and you're looking mighty pretty girl. What happened?
2: Well, to make a long story short, um, one day I had a series of tests, and they came back that I was cancer free.
1: <laughs> cancer free, cancer free. Now, remember, remember that Penny said that she had that the cancer had metastasized to her other breast and to her liver. She had a PET scan. That showed that there was no cancer activity, and she had a liver biopsy that showed that there was no cancer. How many years ago was that?
2: Uh, uh, well, what is this, 2010? Yes. So, uh, what was it, David? 2008?
1: 2000? Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. And she has been consistently going to the oncologist and doing her follow-up. And what do they say? In fact, I just had some follow-up testing two weeks ago. And it
2: says there's no cancer anywhere. Hallelujah.
1: Praise God. Give glory to God. Glory to God. Stay here for just a minute. Elaine, will you come here, please? Before I let Penny go, I have to show you there's a connection here as well. Elaine is the next person that's going to testify. I right, just stay here for just a minute, Penny? Come right here. Come right here.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, Elaine, how did you learn the truth?
3: Well, uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2006 of July. And as time went forward, I had all kinds of treatments, mm-hmm. all kinds of experimental treatments, uh, it went from stage one to stage two, directly to stage four. Um, mm-hmm. They had found it in my ovary as doing a pro, uh, proactive, and that was God, too, because they weren't supposed to do it, and it was so uh, encapsulated that it was a blessing. But then uh, in September of and That was 2006, 2007, 2008. I was diagnosed with a little bit. and went to the bone. I was devastated because, of course, they said it was stage four. My oncologist, who I love dearly, but she told me to go and get my life in order and, Mm -hmm. you know, do whatever, uh, take care of family affairs just in case. And I was beside myself. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to the hairdresser. This is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets really (laughs) fun, okay, because I didn't make my hair done. And I was just, and the people I knew there, I did not know Penny's daughter. She was another hairdresser, but my hairdressers, I was the only one in there. And I was, uh, they had asked me how I was doing. Well, I had just heard this awful, awful, terrible news. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of broke down. And I was desperate. And she came over to me and she said, Excuse me. You, as soon as you get out of here, you go home. It was a Monday night. You go home and you call my mom. And I thought, okay. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I don't know. That's the mom. I don't even know her, let alone Penny. (laughs) So I said, okay. But I was so desperate. And I I, I really was desperate. Mm -hmm. And I, I wiped my eyes and I went out to the car before I even went home. I thought... What do I have to lose? I've been praying and praying. Amen. I had nothing Amen. at this point. And I called Penny, and Penny told me the truth. She said, you call Cindy Cox tonight. And I thought, oh, no. And then she says, and I and I was from a, a different type of religion, and, and I thought, well, we don't usually do this in our religion. But Penny said, go home, call her. Well, I didn't wait till I got home. I called Cindy. And Cindy told me about Life Christian. And she said, why don't you come Wednesday evening? And I thought, oh, boy. I was really kind of nervous about it. A A lot of her comfort zone. Very much so, <laughs> you know. Uh, but when I came, it was like I had life. Life was. Amen. He, it came it was into God. me.
1: It was God. It was totally and God. And God has. And his word and his truth.
3: It, it was. Yes. It was absolutely wonderful and and i'll tell you i i religiously i i kept cindy's tapes in my car because i travel a lot for business and i just kept listening to them and listening and get, getting god filled God and then, filled. god's word and and that's I what's ch- in those tapes it's that's not cindy right. it's god's word exactly and i took uh, some of the uh, tapes from life christian i just kept being fed, being fed, being nourished. Because I needed it. Okay. I needed it. Now
1: we see you standing here again, looking very pretty and beautiful and healthy. <laughs> I'm healthy. So, how did we? We want to again just, just kind of cut to the chase and cut tell to the chase. yes, and tell where you're at now and what your doctors
3: are saying now. My doctor has turned a hundred and eighty percent around and said that I've taught her something through God. Hallelujah. 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 That she truly believes that I can live for an awful long time as long as we can keep it at bay and we are keeping it at bay. Amen. Amen. And everything is great. She this woman has just as as you're gonna hear tonight,
1: when we seek God, there is so much more than healing. There is this fullness and this completeness and this newness of life and that's what my friend has she has healing but she has new fullness of life and so does my friend penny thank you ladies praise god praise god thank you you. love you and karen and kendall are the last two people that we're going to have testify karen and kendall mama and daughter friend <laughs> these have been very dear friends for a very long time you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make you go on the other side of your mom for just a minute and then we'll trade spots okay karen just kind of start at the beginning and tell us uh, how you started your journey what you were just what you were diagnosed with and how what brought you to to the truth about the fact that jesus heals
4: Five years ago, I was diagnosed with Cushing's disease, which is an adrenal gland and it at times impacts your kidneys, which was my case. They had found a tumor. And I was at a church, and it freaked me out to have that diagnosis. I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was terrified. And I went to work one day, and I happened to work for the school district, and Jenny was the teacher in the classroom. Raise
1: your hand, Jenny. You can hear a lot about Jenny. Jenny does a lot of damage to the enemy in the she schools. Does. Yes
4: and it was all over me I wasn't myself and she pulled me aside and she said what's going on and I said I don't know I got this diagnosis I got this report I I have blankety-blank and um, I received it a lock stock and barrel I had you the, didn't know I, different. I didn't know any different I had the diagnosis they set me up for all the tests I they were talking radiation they were talking surgery and my life was falling apart but Jenny um, was quite persistent and Every day, several times a day, would say, you really have to come to my church. And I'm going, okay, okay. Finally, I relented, and I came one time thinking if I just came, she would get off my back and leave me alone. And so I came. I came. Five years ago, I came to illness recovery on a Monday night, and I heard things I had never heard. I wasn't raised in a church. I didn't understand anything about faith or what the Word of God said. Um, I was checking a box, going to church on Sunday. But I came here, and i really thought they might be kind of cuckoo hands in the air singing praising and worshiping and um but on the way home something was different in me that very day that i went came to church here i had gone in that morning for what they were doing were baseline blood tests to see what the protocol was going to be for my treatment and they had taken six or eight vials of blood during that day you know i came to church that afternoon jenny said come on let's just pray and she laid hands on me and she prayed for Mm -hmm. a total complete healing Mm -hmm. Now, I hadn't had any idea what that meant. I just knew I was hungry and desperate. That afternoon when I got home from church that night, there was a message on the machine that the clinic that handled the blood, two of the vials were mishandled, and I had to come back in the very next morning fasting again to have these tests done. And it's such a God story, good. <laughs> such a God story. Those five or six vials they had taken the first day, emphatically, 100% declared I had a high level of this disease, and they were looking at surgery and radiation. The two vials taken after coming and having hands laid on me and prayed didn't show one sign of it. Not one sign of it. But it gets better. Praise God. God is so faithful because um, for the next six weeks they tested and tested and tested because they had this definitive diagnosis and they were sure I had it but things were changing inside of me and i had heard enough over those few weeks of coming to illness recovery to know i didn't have it i didn't want it and i didn't have to take that amen. diagnosis
1: amen amen
4: so amen that was five years ago but at that same time um i had battled migraine headaches for 25 years i didn't know what life without migraines were and at some point several weeks after the clear all clear from the doctor i realized i hadn't had a migraine headache either So God not only took care of the Cushing's, he took care of the migraines, because he never just stops at doing the the least.
1: He gives us wholeness. All of it. Wholeness. The word word, uh, 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 shalom, which is what Jesus paid the price for, it says that Jesus paid the price in full for our peace. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. That word peace is wholeness. Not just Cushing's. Migraines. And Wholeness. And more. Okay, let's do the more. more. Kendall, come over here, honey. Do you want to start? Yeah.
4: When when Kendall was two, two and a half, she was diagnosed with epileptic seizures, and she went from one day having one seizure to having a hundred the next day. And as a mom with my youngest child, it was devastating. And again, this was before even my diagnosis, so I really didn't know anything. And um, we started the protocol. It was the neurologist every three to four weeks. It was an overnight stay at the hospital every six weeks. It was medication three times a day. And then?
5: I was growing up with this medicine every day, three times a day. I didn't really know what life was like without this medicine. It was just part of my life. Without all these. And the doctor I said that you'd have to. And that every single time I needed to, I had to come in the hospital. Yeah. And they told me that I would never outgrow these right. ever. They told us she'd have to live with it. She'd Some never outgrow it. All my life that I'd have to have these seizures. Mm-hmm. And when I saw my mom getting healed from all these terrible things that were really bad, I was thinking to myself, why can't we do that for me? So. <laughs> I didn't think that. <laughs> and how old was she at that time? Fourth grade? Third grade? Uh, I think she it
1: was, she little, was like actually or probably third, third grade. She
5: yeah, was, she was in my school. So I've known Kendall Sorry. since she was a preschooler. Yeah. And so I asked my mom if we could do this for me. And we started to go through the process of saying, like, confessing God's word. And after a time, I told my mom, I don't want to take this anymore because I know in my heart that I'm healed. So we went to the doctor, and we started the procedure of weaning me off the medicine. And we went through all the medical procedures, all the medical tests, and slowly, bit by bit, we started weaning me off the medicine. And, you know, the doctors all thought that we were crazy. Mm-hmm. because, And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they they were questioning my mother's parenting. Yes, I did that, too. Yes. And... So we kept weaning me off the medicine, and soon we were at the point where I was taking the least amount possible. And they did a final test, and I stand here before you, four years later, seizure-free. Yes, yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. -hmm. There's one little addendum to this story that I just love. She said it was four years ago that she got her final report. It was the very same day. At like the same time. The same time that I had my last oncology visit. And she had been coming with her mom to, uh, to illness recovery, and she'd go to the kids. You know, she was with the kids, but often she would come in at the end and we'd pray together. And I found out that she was going to the doctor the same time as I was. I said, okay, Kendall, I'm going to call you when I get out or you call me when you get out, whoever gets out first. So we're both driving home from the doctor. I had gotten my release from the oncologist. She had gotten her final report that she was seizure-free. And I called her. And I said, Kendall, what what did your doctor say? And she says, I'm seizure-free. And I said, and I'm cancer-free. And we were praising God together. And then, and then I asked, or Kendall said to me, she said, Mrs. Cox, do you know what? You know what? And I said, what? And she said, Jesus' word is true. I'll never forget those precious words of childlike faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That word isn't just for Kendall and Karen and Penny and Elaine and me. That word is true for everybody. Thank you, sweetie. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to share my testimony in a very short version because I have some awesome word that I want to share with you but for those of you who don't know my testimony I think it's very important that you know that I stand here giving you what's in my heart because I have lived and seen the power and the awe of our God work in my life I was diagnosed with stage four cancer as well eight years ago and that that diagnosis came first of all it was melanoma came through a mole followed by um, needle biopsy which was positive for melanoma followed by a cat scan that showed cancer to my whole lymph node system followed by a pet scan that showed activity in all of those lymph nodes when that diagnosis came the fear came how many of you have been in that place where fear is so heavy that you feel like you can't even breathe i had that fear i also had symptoms the symptoms followed the diagnosis with a vengeance not before the diagnosis that's one of the enemy's tricks big fat trick of the enemy the worst part was I didn't personally know Jesus I thought I did I went to church every Sunday I checked it off my list I lived what I consider to be a good life but my friend Jenny the same girl that led Karen to our illness recovery group that same girl worked in my school And she started telling me the truth. Little bits, little pieces, but they were nuggets more precious than gold. She told me, Cindy, it's not God's will for you to be sick. She told me it was the enemy. She said, all God has is good. That's the whole package. There's only good. He can't give you bad bad things. He doesn't have anything bad to give. And then she told me the same thing that we've heard already several times. And that is that when Jesus died on the cross... He died for my healing. That's part of the salvation package. I didn't know that. And she led me to salvation. Now, that was in February. I had what I would call divine guidance and divine delays. And I'm not going to go into great detail. If you'd like to hear the wonderful details of my testimony, I'd love you to read my book. But those divine delays and divine guidance led me through that season was six months. And at the end of six months, I had an exploratory surgery. And they, they remember I had, uh, according to the doctors, I had cancer through my whole lymph node system. And when they went in my abdomen and took out all of those lymph nodes and sent them, sent them to the pathologist, there was not one cell of cancer. My God healed me. My God healed me. There was cancer there. But was, that's the right word, was. But I learned what God's word says, and I applied it. And that's some of what I'm going to share with you today. God is amazing. God is amazing. Those testimonies, like I said, those testimonies aren't just for us. Those testimonies are for all believers. Now. when. When you read the Gospels, there's a whole lot of of, um, accounts of healing, of individual healings. There's lots of accounts of mass healings as well. But right now, I'm talking about those individual healings. There are 18 specific individual healings that Jesus did when he was on this earth. Out of those 18, 14 of them, it specifically says they were healed through faith. The other four were through the precious compassion of Jesus. I'm sure compassion was involved in all of them. But 14 of them, it specifically uses the word faith. What I'd like to talk about tonight are two, two simple nuggets. Jenny gave me these nuggets the first day that she led me to the Lord. And this is what she told me. She said, Cindy, spend time with God every day. Read the Bible and pray. That was the first nugget. And the second nugget was take, she had this little book in her desk, She gave it to me, and she said, in here are God's promises about healing. They're scriptures that are taken right from the Bible and put in this handy little pocketbook. She said, take these scriptures and read them out loud three times a day. That's your medicine. That was it. Those were the nuggets. Those are the two nuggets I'm going to share with you today because now, eight years later, I have an understanding of why Those two precious nuggets changed my life, and they are God's promise for all of us. Amen. We're going to start with the birth of faith. Hebrews 12, verse 2. If you have a Bible, open it, but it is up here as well. Hebrews 12, verse 2, and I'd like the New King James Version. That's what it is. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now where I'd like to start is the part between the parentheses that says the author and the finisher of our faith. That's where I want to start. This is good news. Because I'm talking about faith, and you've probably heard faith being this big, almost impossible thing to have faith for healing when you've got that really bad doctor's report. But this is the good news. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Not me. I don't have to author it. I don't have to create it. I don't have to do something to get it. He is the author of our faith. Isn't that good news? Now that faith That that faith that is authored comes and is planted in us at the time of salvation. At the time when we receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And I want to talk about that just a little bit. Because when I was growing up for 43 years, I thought that I was already saved and didn't know that I wasn't. I knew God. I grew up in a wonderful, faith-filled home. A wonderful home that taught me about God. I knew about Jesus. I knew that Jesus died. I knew that he died for my sins. I knew all that. I knew God, but I didn't personally have a relationship with him. Salvation is when we not only believe, but we also receive Jesus into our hearts. I like to say it's a divine exchange. It's a divine exchange. This is something I had never done. I knew God, but I had never surrendered to him. That's the first part of the divine exchange, saying, God, okay, I had this problem, this really big problem called stage four cancer. All, All before that in my life, I could handle all the problems. I did a pretty good job of it. I worked hard. I did what I needed to do. I handled the issues. I took care of living. I took care of life, took care of my kids, took care of my husband, took care of my home. But all of a sudden, there was something I couldn't take care of. And I, thanks to Jenny, gave it to God. I surrendered my life to him. And when I did, the divine exchange happened. Because when I gave him me, he came into me. I exchanged my junk for his wonderful stuff. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. What a great, great gift since then i can't even tell you the difference since i made that decision to surrender to him and receive jesus as the lord of my life oh everything has changed not just healing everything every area of my life it was a it was like i had a hole in me a god-sized hole and i didn't even know it and when i received jesus that hole was filled to the overflow thank you jesus But I want to go back to that that idea that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. When I was thinking about this and meditating on this, I thought about the fact that it says in the Bible that he was the author. Now, I've had some experience being an author. I've authored a couple of books. And when I was thinking about that, I thought, well, what, what makes me an author? Well, as I went to write that book, first of all, I had knowledge i had knowledge of the word of god if you've read that book you know there's a whole lot of word of god in there i had knowledge that he had given me that he had revealed to me i also had experience i had the experience of living and seeing the power and the awe of god as my body was healed of cancer i had the experience of new life like i just told you about i had wonderful experiences and the third thing I had was passion. I had this passion to give it to people. I had this passion to share it with people. And that's why I wanted to put it in that book so I could give it to people. People like Penny, who I didn't know from Adam. People like Elaine. People, you know, that have read my book. They wouldn't have read it if I hadn't written it and put it out there. So I had those things in me and I wanted to give it away. Now think of Jesus. Jesus is the author of our faith. He wrote the book. He wrote the book of faith based on his experience of faith. We're going to go there in just a minute. Based on God is all knowing, based on his knowledge of what he knew we needed, based on his passion for us, he wrote the book of faith. He wrote, he's the author of our faith. But not only is he the author, he's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. He brings it to completion. I would like to look at that same scripture, Hebrews chapter um, 12, verse 2, but this time in the amplified version. Because I'm going to show you how Jesus was the perfect example for us of standing in faith. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, listen to this. Jesus had to stand in faith. Jesus, the Son of God, when He was at that place in His life where He knew what was coming, He was standing in faith for the prize. And you and I were the prize. Before that time, we were separated from the fall of man until Jesus paid the price for our salvation we were separated from him think about this for one minute think about if you're a parent think about being separated from your child or your children you love them more than anything if you were separated from them your greatest desire would be to reunite be reunited god was separated from his children We were separated from him. We couldn't be in communion with him. So when Jesus was waiting to go through that season, that that really terrible season of the cross and the death that he endured for us, he was doing it, keeping his eyes on the prize. He went through a lot. That's what the scripture said. He endured the shame. He endured the ridicule. He endured the pain. He endured suffocation by crucifixion. But he received the prize. He is our example. In my case, I was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. And my prize that I had my eyes on was total healing through Jesus Christ. I went through tests. I went through time. I went through divine delays. At the end, I received the object of my faith. I received the healing that Jesus paid the price for. Listen to this. This is good. No story is good. It's no good at all if the author starts it but doesn't finish it. But Jesus is an author who finishes his work. And his work is our faith. With it, we overcome life's trials. Every day, Jesus is helping our faith story to be completed. Isn't that good news? Jesus authored, and finished our faith. Now I want to go back to that scripture again, Hebrews 12, 2. The very first line says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That's key. When Jenny gave me that little bit of advice and she said, spend time with God every day, I didn't know how huge that was. I believe with all my heart that one of the biggest keys to receiving healing is knowing jesus personally people come seeking healing when really the first step isn't healing it's seeking the healer seeking the healer amen think about uh, i put somebody in your mind right now who you have a good relationship with might be your husband it might be your sister it might be your child might be a good friend Think of that person. In order to develop a relationship with that person, you spend time with them. A lot of time with them. You communicate. You talk to them. You share your heart. And as you spend time, as you develop that relationship, something happens. You come to know that person so well that you trust them, that you come to expect certain things of them i keep looking at my husband because that's the person that's in my mind of course i know my husband so well and i have things that i expect i know what to expect before he even does it because i've i've known him so long and we are so very closely united in our relationship trust listen to this this is good trust is the fruit of a relationship in which we know we are loved. Let me say that again. Trust is the fruit of a relationship in which we know we are loved. That's why I trust my husband. There is no doubt in the world that he loves me so much. And I trust him completely. Today, we were busy before church, and I couldn't find him. And a couple of you saw me. Where's Kent? Where's my husband? (laughs) He's like my, he's my strength. I want him near me. I trust him. How much more, Jesus? How much more, Jesus? Trust is the fruit of a relationship in which we know we are loved. Now, how do you come to know Jesus like, like, like that? I'm glad you asked. That's Pastor Marie's line. The Bible God talks to us through his word, and we talk to him through prayer. When I first started reading the Bible, that's what Jenny told me to do, and I was obedient. I started reading the Bible, and she told me to start in the New Testament. In fact, she gave me specific accounts to read where Jesus was healing people. She said, read these. Read them over and over and over, and come expecting... Come expecting the same thing because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that's what I did. I started reading the Bible. And as I read the Bible, I came to begin to know the character of Jesus. I came to begin to know him, his compassion, his desire to heal. You know, there are 17 different times in the Gospels where it says Jesus healed all who are sick. 17 times where it says he healed all so that showed me that god wanted wants to heal all as i read the bible and as i came to to read about you know the fact he never turned people away he never said no you're not good enough he never said no you need to go fix that up first and then come back no jesus healed without question unconditionally with compassion with love i came to know jesus personally and when i came to know him i came to expect those same promises for me how good is that so fix your eyes on jesus that's the first nugget that i have for you go to him seek him okay would you please read with me mark 11 Because the next thing I want to talk about is we've developed this trust. Jesus birthed it in us. He authored it. He's the author of it. And as we come to know Jesus, we come to trust him. We come to develop that relation. The next thing I want to talk about is building up your faith so that it's strong. So that it's like Penny. That powerhouse faith that amidst all the garbage that's around there and all the doctor's reports. She said, nope, I don't agree with that report. I agree with God's report. So how do you get from point A to point B to receive that healing? Let's read the scripture. Jesus answered. He's talking to the apostles. He answered and he said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Who's teaching there? Jesus? Jesus says to say to that mountain, Penny, I think you said that. You were saying to that cancer, no, no, no. You were saying to that mountain, no, that's what Jesus said to do. He said, say to that mountain, be gone and be cast into the sea. Believe it without doubting, and you will have what you say. Now, in this world, that's not what usually happens, is it? In this world, we have all sorts of stuff that happens to us, and we use our senses. We use what we hear from the doctor. We use what we feel in our bodies. We use what we see with our eyes. We use what we know in our brain. And that's what we base our belief system on. The world says, seeing is believing. But that's not what Jesus said here. Jesus said, believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. He says, believe, and then you'll see. See, God says this is what faith is. Faith is going outside of the realm of the senses, stepping aside, putting that aside, and putting your focus on Jesus, on his promises, on the word, and saying, okay, God has a promise about that. God says that I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. God says that the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And quickens my mortal body. That's what his promises say. I believe his promises. Believing is seeing, and the result is receiving those promises. Okay, now how do you get there? That's the big question. That's the big question. Romans ten seventeen has the answer. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Simple little scripture, really big meaning. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word, word in there, this is hard to say, but W-O-R-D, that word is rhema. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. I want to explain what that is. This Bible, every single letter, is the inspired word of God. It is completely his promises. It is alive and it is active. I believe with all my heart, this is the foundation of faith. Believing this is true, absolute truth. The whole word is his logos word. And it's all precious. It's all excellent. It's all there to feed me and to nourish me. It's his manna. But his rhema word is something a little bit different. A rhema word is a word that comes from the Bible and is planted right into your heart it often seems as if there is a light illuminating it as you're reading the bible a scripture just is like illuminated and you know that god is speaking directly to your heart i remember one time in particular that that happened to me i'm i didn't give you all the details of my testimony but in the middle of that six months i had a really bad report and i came home from the doctor that day and i opened my bible and the scripture that he illuminated for me was Philippians 1.6. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion. Oh, my God, that's what I needed to hear. Yes, praise him. Praise him. That's what I needed to hear. I had just gotten a really bad doctor's report. But God's report said, Cindy, put that aside. Be confident. The word, the good work that I started in you, I'm gonna bring to completion. I typed that word up and I put it on my refrigerator and I looked at it every every day, constantly. I said it so many times and I just it, it was immediately planted in my heart. So that's God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Rhema word of God. That's a Rhema word. But I believe there is another way that word becomes Rhema. And the answer is in the first part of that scripture that says faith comes by hearing. Remember, Jenny gave me that other little nugget, and she said, take these healing scriptures and say them three times a day. That's what I did. I was, I was obedient. Again, I didn't understand why. But what happened to me, and this is true for all believers. This isn't just for me. This is a spiritual truth. What happened as I started praying God's promises? Gradually, they became rhema to me. They became implanted in my heart. Now, as we speak, it's important that you speak them out loud. As I spoke them out loud, they went into my ears and into my brain. And they stuck there for a while. Came out of my mouth, went into my ears, into my brain. Gradually, 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 they planted themselves in my heart. They became so real to me that I knew, I knew, I knew that God's promises were real. Now, one thing that you that I want to clarify is that I never said that that I didn't have cancer. I had been diagnosed with it. But what I did say was that I refused its right to exist in my body because God's promise was real and I chose to receive God's promise instead of the doctor's report. I didn't deny the doctor's report. Thank you. I didn't deny his report. I just denied It's right to exist in my body. Amen. Okay. Now, listen to this. This is how it becomes, this is how that word becomes real to us. In John 15, verse 7, this chapter of the Bible is about the vine and the branches. And we're going to read just one verse. This is John 15, verse 7. Dwell in me. This is Jesus speaking. Dwell in me. And I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit in itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. This is what happened to me as I was praying that word. I was abiding in him. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Jesus is the word. I was abiding in the word. And this is what happened. Jesus is the vine. And I was the branch. The the branch gets life from the vine. And as I was taking those healing scriptures into, into me, as I was speaking them and taking them in, the life from Jesus, the life from his word, was being infused into me. It's a spiritual, powerful truth. It's awesome. That's what was happening. And it happened over time. Imagine a a branch taken away from the vine. It's not going to live. But connected to the vine, it gets life from the vine. That's what happens when you feed on the promises. And this works for any promises that are in the Bible. They're all real. They're all true. Jesus said, my promises are yes and amen. In my case, I was believing for healing. So I was taking those promises of healing and feeding on them. And it was literally infusing the life of healing into me. Okay, now here's a bonus. It gets even better. Here's the bonus. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. And if, since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. Wow, that sounds like a guarantee to me. That sounds like an absolute positive guarantee with one variable. With one variable. The variable is if it is in the will of God. Now, here's the bonus. You know, as I was praying those scriptures about healing, they're from the Bible, right? Anything that you take out of the Bible, any promises that are in the Bible are in the will of god so i was praying the will of god how many of you have heard i'm sure every hand's going to go up how many of you have heard this prayer father if it be your will take this from me but if not you know then that's your will i guess how many of you have either prayed that way or heard that prayer okay my friends that's not god's will and it's it's proven in his word if you come and when you come to illness recovery we will go scripture by scripture and verse by verse to show you what his word says about healing bottom line here's a real simple one when jesus was here in on the earth he healed all who were sick <laughs> and he's the same yesterday today and forever But there's a whole lot more than that. And we will show you and we will share it with you. So the bonus is that when we pray promises from the Bible, we know we are praying his will. You don't have to ask a question. You don't have to have that worry. Is it God's will for me to be healed or isn't it? Yes, it is his perfect will for you to be healed. Yes, it is. Thank you, Father God. So that was my treatment plan that was my treatment plan i had no chemo i was diagnosed with stage four cancer i had no chemo i had no radiation i had no medical treatment at all except the exploratory surgery that said i had no cancer my treatment plan was god's plan believe and you will receive praise god Now, my husband and I have been doing this illness recovery, um, and Jenny, Jenny started it with us, and she's now with us again. We've been doing this illness recovery meeting for about four and a half years. Oh, my gosh, what we have seen God do. I am simply in awe of him. But you know, what we're seeing is biblical. Um, There's a scripture that we're going to put up here from the very, very end of the book of Mark. It's the very last scripture in Mark. And this is right when Jesus gave the Great Commission. And he sent his apostles out, and he said, go. He gave us the authority that he had received from the cross, the authority. He gave us that authority, and he said, now go. Healed sick. Lay hands on the sick, healed them. He said, go, preach the word. And then they did. And this is what happened. This is the last chapter, or the last verse of this chapter. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. This document, you can't see it from where you're at, but I'm just going to hold it up anyway. These are miraculous healings that we have seen through our illness recovery ministry. These are miraculous healings of either chronic or terminal illnesses that we have seen through illness recovery all we're doing is sharing god's truth just like the the disciples and signs and wonders are following i want to give you a very brief overview of what that looks like it's a 15 week series of classes it is available here on wednesday nights every wednesday night at seven o'clock we teach three big ideas in those 15 sessions the first big idea is to settle once and for all That it is God's perfect will to heal and we look at how God healed through the Bible in the New Testament when Jesus was on this earth and after Jesus ascended through the Apostles so that's the first big idea the second big idea is what our part is in receiving we have a part to play those two nuggets Jenny gave me Cindy spend time with God every day and take this medicine, take God's word as your medicine, changed my life. But I had an action. I had a part to play. So we talk about our part in receiving. We talk about things like forgiveness. We talk about things like developing your walk with God, developing your relationship with God. So that's the second major idea. And the third major idea is that we have authority over the enemy. When Jesus died on the cross he disarmed the enemy we don't have to win the war it's already won but thank you god thank you god but we have to enforce it we have to exercise we have the authority but we have to exercise it think of you as a parent if you're a parent of children and you never discipline them you're not exercising your authority as a parent and your kids probably show the result of that God, and the same thing happens here. If we don't exercise our authority against the enemy, we're going to see the enemy playing havoc with us. So we teach about how to exercise our authority. And one of the biggest things we talk about is fighting fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. I've been talking tonight about faith, but I also want you to to teach how to get rid of fear and how to fight the enemy. So those are the three, three big ideas in illness recovery. Okay. Did pretty good, Pastor Marie. I'm watching that clock. Okay. What we would like to do now is to invite, to offer an invitation. And our praise team, would you like to come up? And it's a twofold invitation. The first part of my invitation is by far the biggest, the most important part of the invitation. And that has to do with that surrender that I talked about. That's surrendering all to Jesus. If I'm all filled up with me, I don't have room for Jesus. So I need to empty myself and surrender to him. And you know what? That was so liberating for me to give it to God and not to have to take it, not to have to carry it. I surrendered to him and I invited him into my heart. Now, you may be like me. I was in a place where I thought that I knew God. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. My life changed when I made that decision. So that's our first invitation. If you would like us to pray with you to surrender to him, and this might be something you've already done and you just want to recommit your heart to him, we would love to pray with you for that. My second invitation is to meet Jesus the healer. And to allow his precious, precious power and awe to touch you. Now, as Pastor Marie said, we're just his screwdrivers. We're just God's tools. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. We have a prayer team. And the prayer team, would you start coming, prayer team? We're going to just line right up here, right along the front of the church. The prayer team is part of our illness recovery Um, Group, They come every week. They pray and they minister. Not only pray, but minister, because many of you just have many questions. We also have our pastors. We have Pastor Maria and Pastor um, Sheila and Pastor Stephen and um, Pastor Tracy, whatever other pastors are here available, Pastor Tom. So we have a lot of people available to pray. And we would like you, we're going to worship the Lord right now. We're going to worship him through song, as we pray and we would like to invite you to come forward for prayer if you are completely healthy and whole bless god pray in agreement with us for the healing of the people and for the surrender of their hearts so worship praise and pray with us thank you go ahead worship